Welcome to Three Letter Thursdays, a Marvel Street podcast. Just <laughs> <laughs> dialed. Um, hopefully, we haven't used all of our ammunition in the last hour of us chatting about today. Hello, everyone. How are you all today? G'day. Hello. Yo. We are just pouring coffee. Is it Kenyan? It's Kenyan. Oh, we've got it. We've got Kenya. Kenya is in the house. And you will soon. Yes. It's being released this week. How tasty is it? Mike's 29 on Friday. Everyone can say happy birthday. Oh, oh Saturday. Everyone. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. The 12th of May. Yes. <clears throat> Send me a message. 29. Um, cool. We have got some great questions. Mm. Yeah, we got a good a good episode lined up this week. Thanks to one of our wholesale customers for the question, Michelle from Cruise Espresso yeah. in Freshwater. If you haven't been, you need to get there. Yeah, come a long way. Yeah, it's, uh, how, it's probably been around like six years, maybe now. Five maybe years, five. And she was a second owner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Current and second owner. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the day it opened up. I went there and. Oh, you were living in Sydney. Yeah, I was in Sydney then. Yeah, right. You're a customer. You would have been drinking so El Meridiano. I remember the first blend that went in there. It was like El Meridiano, yeah. El Paracio. Yep. I drunk a lot of coffee from there. A lot of coffee. Wow. Ah, it's I, a great, never, I never knew that. Mm. I lived like oh, a walking distance from there. I lived up on the top of between Freshwater and South Kelko. Yeah, right. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. It was such a, good, such a good place to live. I was sure. Just talking about the, the amount of people in Australia. 20 million. 24 million? 25 million. And mm. all of them drink coffee, apparently. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's mm. about how many roasters there are in Australia and yeah. how that's, that's growing. Yeah. Some challenging questions from Michelle. So, Michelle's question. Oh, you, do, you to, do you want to pull it out and read it? I, I got it here. Yeah. Let me, let me go. Uh, I trust you guys are well and taking time out to smell the beans. <laughs> uh, anyway, below the below email has come in a timely manner as I was about to write uh, to you and ask about the science of roasting that goes on at Marvel. I'm interested in temperature, times, timing, graphs, charts, and whatever happens when you roast our beans. Basically, I'm just curious and hungry for answers. Um, then she goes on to talk a little bit about the email below, which is basically an email come through from a business that sells you green beans and uh, and a benchtop roaster so you can roast your own in-house coffee. And if you read below, it says, one, fill it with beans, two, press start roast button. I laughed when I read this. <laughs> Surely there's not uh, as much generic as this. I'm sure you guys sweat more than pressing buttons. Is that true, Mike? Do you sweat more than pressing well, a button? I want to know how she figured out, oh, figure out my secret of smelling the beans. <laughs> I, re- I reckon Mike, if anyone's the best person at pressing buttons. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, played a lot of video games when I grew up. Yeah. Um, it's a good question because it like... There's so many levels and so many layers and... Short answers kind of... I just had this flashback of when I was a kid walking through the aisles of Franklin's in Rockdale. What's Franklin's? Franklin's was like IGA back in the day. Oh, yep. But, um, um, and they would have like a coffee grinder, like like clamped to one of the shelves. Like a ditting box. Exactly. 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 It was coarse. Yeah. 
medium, medium. fine. Right. Yeah, probably yeah, was exactly. a it probably was a didding back then too, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. they're, they're uh, all gone to yeah. Epic Homes so you, now. So you used to be able to grind your own coffee at, at the uh, on the shelf. I, I remember those. Yeah, they were and generally red in my store. Yeah, I think I remember Maybe cream and black is in yeah. my memory. Yeah, mm. right. Um, but um, and it's like yeah, that was anyway. You could have a benchtop roaster at your shop. You can have a grinder in Franklin's. You know, and um, yeah, I just kind of had a flashback of that moment, you know. But um, yeah, I think times, temperatures, you know, graphs. It's kind of uh, if you if you just ref, if you just come maybe reflect back to espresso, you know, is it important that you tell your customer as they walk in the door, this is a twenty gram dose with a fifty gram out at a twenty two percent extraction through the EK. Water temperature is 94 degrees and this, this you know, our water flow is 180 grams and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like I think how it's, relative is that information to your customer? I think it's really important you give them a super flipping tasty espresso. Yeah. yeah. That's, it, that's what's important. And, and, and on this side, it's like I'm careful about the information that we supply because what's relative? What's relevant? You know, and, um, you know, um, hey, Gabe. <laughs> um, you know, it's um, what's relative, you know, or relevant. That's the question. Yeah, I mean, Michelle wants to know about the science. So we, I, I kind of feel. So, so I, I, think, I don't think it's about the numbers because the numbers are irrelevant. You know, they mean yeah, nothing our, to our, anyone. Our bean temperature probes read different to everyone else's bean temperature probes. And our times are relative, relevant and relative. You know, because you're going to be roasting for too long. So uh, um, I'll answer a couple of questions then. Number one, the, the coffee's in, in the roaster long enough so that it turns brown and it's soluble, but not so, um, um, but not so long that it's too brown and over-roasted. Um, you know, you want to create a product that is as, or a coffee that is as, um, oh, sorry, I just can't focus because that's in the background. Sorry. <laughs> Our lunch has arrived. <laughs> it looks really good. And, uh, I'm just looking at those tacos going, I want one. <laughs> do, we, do we eat what we're recording? Uh, I don't know. No, if that's, I, don't no, know. I, I think it's a very good idea. No. Um, <clears throat> okay, yeah. So, um, you know, it's in the roaster long enough so that it doesn't... Um, uh, it's roasted, but not so quick that it's not roasted. Um, um, Twelve minutes. It's way more technical than what you're making it out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, like, but, but, but you, you got to convey it simply, right? It's roasted just enough so that it tastes like coffee, but not so much that it tastes like lavazza. Mm. You know, and and there's a line for us, and that is the the coffee has to work and be strong enough, but then also not be so roasty that it tastes like a barbecue, mm-hmm. and 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 the science is really in the repeatability, you know, the metrics to keep the product within tolerances so that when you approach the grinder, the coffee works at that same grind setting. You know, back in the day, it's like, oh, you have to adjust the grind because that's part of your job. But these days, it's like, mm, you shouldn't probably have to adjust the grind as much as you used to because we're better at what we do. And we're not blending three different degrees of right. roast color together. Yeah. Yes. That is probably well, the main reason if you've worked in coffee for 
you know, I don't know, the last five to ten years or something, maybe back at the start you it's were... still happening now. Oh, yeah, of course, you of know, course. Why, is, why am I getting grind shifts? Because... Mm. because because you've got three different... Yeah. So if your, coffee, if your coffee is not consistent, then chances are the roast isn't consistent. So our, our consistency is like, you know, we just want to make it as consistent and as easy as possible for you guys so it can be amazing and tasty so you can spend time with your customers enjoying coffee. That's what we do. Mm. Um, um, and it's not as easy as just pressing buttons. But it also is. When the short what, answer. What, that, that was that. When you've got the experience. When you know, you know, yes. like... It is, of course. You just, you, you know, we press the button, but, yeah, but it's not like everyone a, could do that. We had that discussion about espresso, right? Yeah. It's like, how easy is it to make an espresso? If you were videotaping someone making an espresso right now, and it just started with them pressing the button. You'd be like, I can do that. <laughs> and, then, and then it pours $4.50 $4. for a cup of coffee. I can do that. It, pour, it pours out in your skull. I'm like, that's easy. Yeah. I can do that at home. Or even, even, even if you videoed them taking from the very beginning pull the porter filter out it knock out the thing you, you don't notice that they clean it yep. put the put it into the grinder you don't notice that they put it exactly 20 grams in you don't know yeah don't notice that they distribute it perfectly you don't notice that they tamp it or use a puck press better yet to don't just notice that they purge the group head yeah wipe the drip tray so that they yeah when they put the cup on the saucer it doesn't look crap or yeah, yeah. there's so much involved in that making that one espresso and and if you've worked in coffee long enough you, you would know that the preparation's key mm. so the, the coffee's the right age it hasn't been sitting in the hopper overnight the grind is clean the coffee machine's clean yeah. The grind is the grind set correctly. The temperature is correct on, set correctly on the machine. So when you go to press that button, you know, the work's there. Perfection. Likewise, I think... Starting gates when you're going for a run. Starting gates on that race day. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can only perform on race day if... You've done the work beforehand. You've done the work beforehand. And li- likewise, if someone I can up- run 100 meters in 10 seconds, they just did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, he just did it. If, if someone rocked up on a Monday and watched Mike roast, yeah. like, it'd be exactly that. Like, they would literally see Mike pour in coffee into the loader or into the, the weighing trolley of the lowering and... Press the button. It, it's very automated. Like, it... it it press the button and it loads and charges and roasts and unloads and it lo- almost but, but yeah almost well, like, my, my, almost Mike, unloads yeah Mike oh he can do it I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but what they didn't see is the the green bean selection that was very carefully controlled yeah. for, cup three times four times yeah to make sure everything's you know you talked about it the other day with the guys from Bam Bam like everything's the right size. Yeah. That we're not putting big and small beans together, and we're you know so things roast consistently. Yeah, and they and, work. And you, you're not going to get these wild, you know. I, I think it was quite funny the other day. You said um, a coffee that was extra processed performed differently in the roaster, and this is an example of it. Mm. Right? So this coffee had been had an extra level of fermentation in its process, and in doing so, you could imagine that. You know, because the coffee bean has been fermented a bit longer, you know, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but I could imagine that the cell walls would be a little bit softer and that it'd be, it wouldn't be as hard. It mm. would be m- more easily roasted. I mean, you can, you know, you ferment stuff so that, um, why do you ferment stuff? To soften it. 
Really? I mean, you, start, you do it to preserve it. But also to soften it, right? Yeah, soften but it softens sure. it in the process. Yeah. yeah. So, so that coffee um, performed a lot differently to, um, in the roaster to, and, and on the table to the coffee that was you know, pr- um, fermented just long enough to get it sweet and clean. Mm. And um, so there has to be some adjustments to that coffee in the roaster so that it's not over-roasted. Yeah. So to give you an idea, um, you know, it does the density, the size, moisture content, um, and the origin of the coffee, you know. I'm not sure how the origin affects it, but it does. You know? Well, you talked about it this morning when we were, like, we were looking at roast curves. Yeah. You know, we were... Like every every coffee we we cup, yeah. we're we're tasting the pro, tasting how it tastes. Well, I think that I think that's the I think that's the, the the important point is is that the curves and the temperatures and the data are only relevant to the data in that moment while whilst you're in the roastery because yeah. then you can use that data to say okay this coffee's tasting a little bit green. Um, and let's overlay some graphs and see where they're different. A similar coffee is not green mm. um, in density and moisture. Overlay the graphs and where are they different? And if you're in the first stage of the roast where the moisture is being, you know, uh, roasted out of the coffee, then chances are that's going to affect the green flavors. So mm. let's let's look at that stage of the roast and see where we can make. You know, and this this it's so simple. But, it, but you don't but, learn but, that overnight either. Like yeah, as, a, as a new roaster, you don't know that straight away. So that, I guess that's where the no answer to, to Michelle's question comes in. You don't press a button. No, but, you but, do but, lots, of, lots of experimentation and research yeah. as a new roaster to get the product to where it is and maintain that. But also the, <clears throat> the darker you roast, the easier it is. Yeah. yeah it's actually difficult to roast lighter because of two things. Number one. Um, when you roast lighter, you, it's more transparent. It's looking through a clean window. Everything's got to be clean, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, whereas, um, and so your roasting's got to be perfect or close to perfect. You can't have any faults in the roast. You know, if you're baking, like when the coffee stalls in the roaster at a temperature, there's, there's a fault called baking. But you can taste bake more in a light roast than you can in a dark roast. Mm-hmm. Likewise, you can taste age in a, in a light roast more than you can a dark roast. Age, age of the green coffee age, bean. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you know, if it's if if the green coffee's going off, then you can taste that in a lighter. And that you know, testament is that everyone sample roasts their coffee at a lighter degree than what they roast it at generally. Yeah, you know, mm. the, the industry does. I mean, if you look at the SCAA book, it says you know, roast the coffee here for sample roasting at this color. You know, yeah. agtron color, whatever. But you know, the point is that it's more difficult to get a, a great product at a lighter degree of roast than it is a darker degree. So, if, you know, if you're roasting dark and pulling short shots and in that world, there's nothing wrong with that world, you know, but that's not where we're at, you know. Um, the degree of control is less. Yeah, you're just pulling dark, just you're pulling dark shots, putting sugar in it, milking it, and away you go. Um, that's easy. That is actually easy to do, you know. But producing a great, clean, sweet cup of coffee that is transparent, and has respect for the grower and the region and and you can you can see and taste the care um that's hard to do Mm. it's it's not just pressing a button it is pressing the button but it's all the experience that gets you to that point Mm. yes and the seasons i I remember clearly the time when we i was like oh i can't wait to roast this coffee again next year i've got to wait another whole year 
you know and mm. a lot of the coffees that we've gotten in we've roasted more than one year we know what to expect yeah well that probably happened with the kenyans two years ago and last year we did a way better job of the kenyans but it was like right at the end of the the, the previous year that it was like oh yes had this penny drop moment of yeah and that's uh, recent you know it's been yeah. 10 years for us yeah so is it just pressing a button yes and no. <laughs> yes, yes and, and no, no. Yes and i no. think like we <clears throat> one important point that probably sort of covered there but is like the comparison of it to an apprenticeship it takes yeah. what, what, what's the hours is it 50,000 hours they say or is it 10,000 hours 10,000 hours 10, for 000. mastery yeah, yeah. so, so 10,000 years is, 10,000 hours is 4 years basically 5 years 4 to 5 years yeah. Depending, ba- basically, 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 it's four to five but, years to master. But you're not you're not focused for those forty hours. No, no we don't roast for forty hours a week. We yeah. roast for about. And well, that was one of the other discussions that we had. Hmm. We're not just roasting coffee. You no, know? No, and that's not the only part of it, it, being a coffee roaster. Yeah, if you think that all we do is roast coffee all week, that's come and visit. That's not what we do. You don't just make coffee all day. You, you know, clean but, and prep and look after customers and order and stock control and. Quality, quality control, yeah. Um, reflection. You would have no customers if all you did was make co- coffee. Yeah, maybe like this place is filthy. Or you'd have lots of Wash customers. The dishes. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> too many, too many customers. But you know, so yeah. But I, I, I honestly feel like it's only been the last two years that we've gotten to that point of mastery. Never a master, but like definitely confident that if someone says our coffee's not working, it's not ours. It's like, okay, let's check. Let's check these three things, you know, water temperature, pressure, la, 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 la. Yeah, well, when I, certainly when I first started drinking Marvel Street, like when Cruise first opened and maybe when some other showbox served yep. you back in the day yep. when they first opened, um, it was different to everything everyone was serving, especially like the few coffees that Cruise used before Michelle started. Yeah, it was five senses. Yeah, and all press as well. So it's oh, was like, it? That's right. I was all press. Way different. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's a yeah. big, big leap. Yeah. Yeah. And it uh, stuck as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's brought us, you know, you said there was 2 million vegans in, in Australia. Is that what you said? Apparently. That's 10% yeah, of the population don't drink milk. Mm. You know, that, that is the merging. <clears throat> that is the emerging. You know, I've, we've, uh, since you've mentioned fourth wave of coffee, you know, I've just been thinking about that a lot. And it's like, maybe it's like homebrew. Maybe it's like black, actually like no one drinking milk anymore. Mm. Mm. I think it is that. It's You know, it's just coffee that doesn't need milk or anything added to it but water and great coffee when the cafes close. Yes. You can have great coffee anytime. 24 hours a day. Yeah, it's like... It's the cafe's always open. The cafe, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you, yeah, totally. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's like, oh, it's, a, it's like wine. You can pop the cork and drink it. Yeah. Coffee's like wine now. You can actually like just pour some coffee out and put some water in it and know the result is the anticipated one. Mm. You know. Does that make yep. sense? Mm. And obviously going to a cafe just, gives you a different experience and that's what you... I just got into this vision of a, <clears throat> like of a vending machine that does aeropresses to order. <laughs> <laughs> Japan probably already <laughs> That's Mark Schubitz. How cool. Like, <laughs> he, he's the aeropress king. Like, <laughs> his mum was just here and said he wanted a hole in the wall. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, double pumping aeropresses. Yeah, like you put the money in and you hear the little guy and it, you see the coffee drop down into the aeropress and uh, hot the, water. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, if anyone's doing it, Japan's already doing it. Probably. Uh, yeah. So, Michelle, <laughs> you probably could buy a coffee roaster and put it on your bench and roast coffee and still be profitable and still do a great job and still have a great following. And a lot of people do it. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into what we do and it's you know we're when the roast is off as well yeah, yeah yeah like i mean we've got a 50 percent rule we cannot spend more than 50 percent of our working week roasting mm. because we need to develop the coffee past that point like it's we need to taste it and we need to we need to make sure it's right and we're going to select good coffees and if you're roasting mm. if you're a roaster out there listening and you're roasting and you want to make your coffee better stop roasting five days a week mm. stop it mm. that's my advice yeah mm. you know but um, if you're a cafe and you want to serve better coffee, choose Marble Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, you know, like um, back when we started roasting, um, it was really difficult to find good coffee. And that, was, that wasn't because, um, I think it was just because it was a different world. Like it was 2008, 2009. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely stood um, out. If we looked at the Sydney, yeah, you know, everyone was still shop. I was working out, was still doing double ristretto's and pulling really short shots. Yeah, which has its place. Yeah, you know, like that. Totally, you know, yeah, still you, you, has its place. If you're doing that and you enjoy it, that's fine. Yeah, you know, that's you know, you know, there was times when I've actually taken a sip of one of those and gone, "Hmm, that's really good," but then a moment later, my mouth's really dry and it feels like someone's. Yeah, you immediately wanted want to chase some water or something. Yes, yep. yes. Mm. But the texture and the, the texture is good. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm not, you know, I much prefer, I mean, you know, look, look at our decaf. I mean, that, you know, Gabe went up to the Espresso machine the other day, yesterday. The boys were here. Oh, and and I, yeah, Dan and Ben. Dan and Ben were here and like, hey, you guys do decaf? I'm like, yeah, try it. It's really good. Like, how can it be good? And I'm like, Gave, I gave Gabe a fresh bag and he went over to the espresso machine, put the EK on 1.5, brewed a shot, pressed the button, say yes, just press the button, <laughs> and then brought us over two espresso, <laughs> brought, brought us over two espressos that were like, like spectacular and old decaf, you know, um, the La Serena A grade decaf, you know, which almost tastes like daily grind, it's similar, yep. you know, um, and the boys are blown away, like, yeah, well, like, that's what we do, right? <laughs> that's where all our time goes so you can just walk up to the coffee machine not waste any coffee but I mean, we did a wastage calculator this week as well yeah that was really interesting and then how 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 kilo price affects wastage yeah does that make sense i guess the the crux of it is like if you think you're getting a banging deal from kilo price with machinery included then just look a little further look at your wastage yeah look at your wastage you don't what have you to really wait, you for? actually don't have to waste much to blow out cost. Yeah. And tasty coffee. Oh. <laughs> tasty coffee oh, is a good Primarily yeah. tasty coffee, right? But yeah. then if you, you don't drink me- your coffee machine, you drink coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that was really interesting for me. Yeah, well, what, what, so, so on our wastage chart, we wrote one. You shouldn't be wasting more than one shot a day for us. If you're wasting more than one shot, then something's wrong with your system. Like you should be able to walk up to your espresso machine first thing in the morning, either it's the EK or whatever, whatever grinder you're using, Hopefully it's something with less retention than a robo. Press go, and that first shot should be servable. And if it's not, you need to ring us, and we need to come visit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like those guys were wasting ten kilos a week. Yes, 
That's a lot of coffee. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. You know, you think you're paying whatever the price per kilo, and uh, you're paying something different. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, you know, um, yield wastage. Cool. Hope that's not too techy for everyone. But anyway, just you know, it's not about the numbers. It's more about the whole system. Yeah. And how that works. Mm. Um, do we answer all of Michelle's questions? I think so. Uh, let me recap. You can always ask more, Michelle. Yes. We're happy there's, to answer. There's more, there is more questions, Michelle. Um, um, what did you do this week? Oh, I've been bassing. Bassing. I'm late for bass. Fun. Uh, automating that, stripe payments into zero and all that sort of stuff. But um, I'm getting there. It's good. Good. I mean, trying, I'm trying to enjoy accounts. Yeah. What do we do? Uh, yeah, I heard you screaming before. <laughs> trying to forcibly <laughs> that motivate was, that, yourself. That was enjoyable screaming. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, uh, Is that, hooraying. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Whooping. It was like, because the Stripe payment feed, I don't work. do live because, because it stuff's accounting. Like, it just doesn't actually work as, as it should. But now they've added a feature to the feed that says backdate transactions. So and you can check all the transactions and then backdate and then go import and then go all the transactions arrive into... Zero live. And I'm like, yes, I no longer have to... I can check them before we import rather than just having this whole, you know, double up of you know, transactions in zero that I don't know what to do with. <laughs> Delete. You know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What have you been up to this week, Joe? I've been working on the app. Uh, been working on retail experience as well, which is, you know, just trying to get coffee to our retail customers looking better mm. in better they look, they look really good you've done a good job there yeah i, I kind of want it to be as i want it to be it's, it's really difficult because i want it to be 100 percent recycled 100 percent biodegradable and like, that's difficult and, and when it arrives and to, to go whoa look at this yeah. and and it's really difficult to tick every one of those boxes mm. um i've got it there but i'm not sure how sustainable it is I'll do things that don't scale. Yeah. Just, just worry about it when it becomes such a mission that we can't do it and then we'll figure it out from there. You know, but I think up to that point, we're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, at the moment, it's... Is it sustainable? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, the only problem is as our retail grows, we're going to get to the point where we run out of materials before... Uh, we're we going to have to just knock on our neighbor's doors and get some material off them. Yeah. There must be some around here that we can use. Yeah. But... Uh, you don't want to be buying in material to pack. No, well, that's the thing. Um, the current system, you know, we, it, it looks awesome. And, yeah. and I, I just can't see that our, our retail, as it grows, we will run out of packaging, packaging. material. So we'll, somehow we'll we've got, that fig- when we get there, yeah, got to figure our way around that. But it's looking awesome. Lewis Eddie Air Coffees. Oh, what have you been up to, Mike? Mm. What have I been up to? You've um, been busy. I'm pulling apart the lorry today. Yeah, Gabe's out there cleaning the Loring, showing him how to take it apart. The Loring is our coffee roaster, that by the way. A, it's a California-built coffee roaster. Yep. Oh, we spoke to James Bandman and his um, partner, Carol. Oh, Carol, yes. This morning, that was great. The first time I had a chat for them. Um, they're sort of the... Australian the, reps. Australian reps for Loring. <clears throat> um, there's a, yeah, there's a new software update for the roaster, so we're just making sure it works before we go ahead with it you know we don't want any windows 95 crashes or, yeah 
Um, roasting coffee, I'm going to finish off a new box design for the shipping boxes. Um, some some stuff for the, the Kenyan coffee that we'll talk about shortly. And cool. Kenyan coffee, yeah. we're drinking it right now. We are drinking it now. It's Tastes great. really good. Mm. kind of reminds me of the Cambui a little bit in its cleanliness from last year. Yep. That was that Kenyan coffee we served last year, not the Mutwe I've been really enjoying this coffee. It's like butterscotch, yeah. orange citrus, got, got great, tea. Got great intensity. It's, I think it's a really good uh, launching pad into the Africans this year. Mm. So um, it'll be available on the menu this week. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get into that. Um, um, but before that, the Lewis Edier, how are they going? Yeah, great. I think... I think uh, I've had some good reports on, from the, the Bourbon, the filter coffee. Yep. Um, Orwell's has been enjoying it. Ferg in Sydney, our man down in Sydney, had some great coffees there. Um, I, I, we've, we've put something on our website, so everyone out there listening, there's yeah. some great information on our website about... Yeah, you about wrote a nice little post about him. and yep. yeah, We'll start to do that more with all the coffees, make the website more, more applicable yep. rather than just a shop. Yeah. So all those all that information is available from our website. Um Yep, so there's a couple of photos up there. We'll be we'll be launching some more photos of Lewis Edier. No a face to a name. We just wanted to make sure that Lewis was okay with us sending a photo of him and his family out to the world. Yeah. Yeah, but the coffees are tasting awesome and um if any of them are gonna go first, it'll be the Babon. That's been popular and there was like the least of that. Um the blend will be with us for a while. So um just keep enjoying it and we'll keep you updated on the quantities. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Still, still uh, available this week on the menu. And mm. Kenya, Kenya, Mathingini. Um, that'll be coming out this week. It's beautiful coffee. First Kenyan of the year. I know a lot of people have been hanging out for something from Africa. Um, so yeah, there's a solid menu coming at you. Cool. So let's go straight to the coffee menu. Mm. Uh, I'll start. I'll start this week. Since Do it. You guys have been taking the reins. Espresso. We have the Louis Edier Reynoso Katura bl- uh, variety, uh, along with the Louis uh, blend. And there's a very small amount of uh, Pedro Trujillo and Eliberto. Um, <laughs> written it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my brain. Eliberto Tapiero. Um, and yeah, filter. Go on, Nico. Ah, Louis. Uh, Edier Bourbon, which is stunning, by the way. Awesome, mm. awesome mm. coffee. Um, traditionally, like you would serve Bourbon as an espresso because the body, the, because of the body, and yeah. it's super sweet. And but as filter, it's just so drinkable. So Louis Edier Bourbon, drink that coffee, like water it up. Uh, Louis uh, Edier, the blend, which I think is amazing as well. It's super complex and a great. Like if you had both coffees on the bar as filter, like Louis Bourbon and Louis Blend, it's just a great I think a really great um, um, uh, offering and variety there so it's good even though they're from the same farm it's got good story behind it uh, Pedro Trujillo and Aliberto Tapiero and, and the Kenyan Muthingini Kenya Muthingini on filter yep mm. on filter we roasted that on Monday by the way and we just wanted to make sure that it was tasty at seven days and it was all perfect so there is some coffee aged Kenya available on the menu this week. Mm. So it'll be seven days. It'll be 10 days by the time you get it. Perfect. Perfect. Perfection. We so, found that last year that all the Africans were tasting best at 10, 10 days. days. Yes. So so if you want to order that, just add in the comments box um, um, that, yeah, you would like some of the aged stuff. 
So you can serve it when it lands. Mm. Do not serve it three days after roast. <laughs> do not do it. <laughs> Take it away with uh, the blends, Blends. Uh, Thunderbird, 80% Andino, Colombia, and 20% La Roca, Nicaragua. That's unchanged. That's been pretty awesome for some time now. Uh, DG got a change last week, wasn't it, Mike, I think? Yep. The El Paraiso came in. Mm. And um, and this week we've just tweaked it a little bit with the percentages there. So El Paraiso's 60% and Matumbo 40% um, starting as of roast date yesterday, which is the... Yeah. So last week was 80-20, this week it's 60-40. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And um, yeah, really Both nice. Really stunning nice. Colombian coffees. Yeah, it's got a... Um, beautiful sparkle to it this week and lovely acidity uh, lots of juice cool hey hope you all enjoyed the interview last week with Melody it was uh, crazy if <laughs> you haven't fun. listened to that uh, you should that was yeah. that was such a fun interview um, likewise if you're in Byron and you're one of our customers you listen to this and you'd like to come on just turn up and we'll press record We'll press yeah. the button. We'll press the button. <laughs> and just be warned, if you do visit, you're probably going to get wrangled in yeah. to an episode. Yeah, cool. Cool. Great wisely. Guys. Cup honestly. Brew with confidence. Marvel Street Coffee. Yeah. Drink it. See you later. <laughs>